So the Fed, the ECB, the Bank of Japan, it's a busy week ahead and we get US inflation today to add to the picture. Hopefully it's going to show moves lower because inflation has been very sticky just about everywhere. But there are signs of a slowdown happening now. Is there a hope that central banks can ease off the pedal or at the very least skip a meeting? So is that what the Fed is going to do this week? It's Tuesday, the 13th of June, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Yes, we are back after the Queen's birthday long weekend. Coincidence, isn't it? His birthday is the same day as the Queen's was. It's uh, one of those things. It's a busy week ahead, events-wise, but also survey-wise, because the Kanga News Survey is on this week. This is a survey for Australian-based fixed-income fund managers only. So if that's you and you like what NAB does with the podcast and all the work that comes out of NAB's research team, then please do complete the survey. There's a link in the email if you're on the email list from NAB. If you don't think it's uh, you know much of the work that NAB's doing, then absolutely no need to complete that survey. Don't worry about it. Now, what's going on? Well, the US dollar edged a little higher on Monday with the pound down 0.6%. The Aussie is up 0.2%, but uh, it was up on Friday as well. So take last week and Monday of this week, and it's up 2.1%, over 67.5 US cents now, a bit of a way off the 70s, uh, but still the best since early May. And US equities are back in euphoric mood. Uh, they really are. A 1.2, uh, 1.6% rise in the NASDAQ at close, 0.9% for the S&P 500, and 0.6% for the Dow. That is on top of uh, modest rises we saw on Friday. So the NASDAQ now, the highest since April 2022, I think the S&P now, we can say it's the same story there. The S&P is over 20.5% up from its October low. So we are back in bull talk territory. But equities just about everywhere at the moment are up. And while share prices are going up, bond yields also rising up three basis points on Monday for 10-year treasuries, up 10 for 10-year gilts in the UK, where they're now up to 4.33%. They'll be competing with New Zealand before we know where we are, because they're at 4.5% in New Zealand. Aussie 10 years, meanwhile, around 3.96% on futures, uh, 77 basis points higher than they were on the 6th of April. And oil, massive falls overnight. WTI down 4.4%, around 67 a barrel now. Brent down almost 4% to below $72. So clearly... Uh, concerns about a lack of demand. Is that what we're seeing? Concerns about that's the story going forward? Let's delve into that first of all with NAB's David DeGaris in London. I mean, we've had so much vol- volatility lately, haven't we, Dave? But, I mean, this slow growth message seems to have sunk in now. Is that, cause is that what we're seeing in, in commodities, particularly in oil? Yeah, the interesting thing is we did see a bit of a dip in uh, iron ore earlier in the session too, Phil, but that only closed down mm. about 32 cents to just, just below $109 a tonne. But um, I think it was more that one prominent uh, oil analyst from Goldman Sachs made another downward revision to their uh, oil price forecast. And uh, maybe they just caught the market at a, a prone moment, you know, with, uh, you know, those lingering concerns which have been around for a little while now about China and its growth. And, of course, we had those low inflation numbers on Friday. So, um, yeah, pretty cathartic move in oil wasn't it down over three dollars a barrel and i had to check did we really have an opec plus meeting a week ago where saudi arabia yeah. agreed to cut production by million barrels for a month and i thought i thought i remember and that would do you think <laughs> you think that. that would keep prices higher wouldn't you and yet here they are it's 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 not had much impact but if it's if it is a concern about growth and maybe it is it's just concern about growth for china and it's not going to hit the united states because i'm trying to 
relate this slow growth expectation mm. to the fact that equity markets mm. are not, obviously not worried about a slowdown. I mean, we're talking about a bull market, a bull run for the S and P. Uh, and, you know, how can you expect a good return on, on, on shares when demand is expected? Well, to fall? well, it's all it's all on a yield basis, mm. isn't it? So we, we know from the after the last earnings reports that downgraded expectations for the next quarter based on profits. I'm talking about dollars here, but as you say, the price is going up. So if you use a low enough discount factor, you can you know express your values that way. So I guess it's broader terms, it's the interest rate factor, Phil, with um, the markets looking ahead to the FOMC this week. Well, it is. I mean, it's a huge week, isn't it? Because we've got the ECB, the Fed, the Bank of Japan, mm. all this week. So three major interest rate decisions. Uh, and they could all bring su- surprises as well, couldn't they? We're not entirely sure what any of them are going to do. Well, that, that's correct. I, the one that probably is the most certain is the ECB. I think it's 25 basis points is almost locked in there and probably another 25 basis points at the July meeting as well. But the Fed, most people are talking about a pause. In fact, that's what we think on balance will happen. We call it a a hawkish pause or using that term a skip now, you know, that the message will be about we're pausing this month, but, you know, the job's not finished yet. So whether they have to come back with with a hike again at a later time, now we've got so skip because a skip means you just miss one. A pause could go on forever. It could so that's, 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 <laughs> until you start cutting. All right, right. So skip implies there's more to come. So that's 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 where we are, is it? Indeed. And um, I, you know, the last potential waypoint that could upset those expectations would be um, tonight's uh, May CPI out of the US. So. You know, the market expects that headline CPI will fall quite a lot. A lot of that's from base effects, but even, you know, lower gasoline prices and the like will will hold back uh, headline CPI um, uh, to a growth of only 0.1%. It's a consensus from 0.4, but 0.3 of a drop there, but the annual rate drops by 0.8 thanks to base effects. But it's the core rate, isn't it, that that uh, the Fed's also it's the big concern, in. which is yeah, which is sitting at five and a half percent year on year. So, are we expecting that to come down much? Probably by uh, three tenths of a percent. If we get another point four, it'll come down three tenths of a cent, uh, percent. That's thanks to base effects as well. But of course, the detail is all important here too. Phil is 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 rents, you know past its peak uh what's happening to core service price and i just reading before we came on air here phil about research from the fed about you know whether is it wages that's determining core services inflation or is it the other way around which way does the linkage go is there you know back and forth and so forth so it seems to be a growing uh an open question there about maybe it's service prices and and inflation in general that's that's feeding back into wages so, um, but nevertheless, that's been the mantra so far. So, but the question is, if, how do you break it? Whichever, whichever way that indeed, whatever's pushing it, it's still a circle. How do you, how do you stop it? Well, I think one th- one thing will help in the next couple of months. You get even larger base effects on the headline CPI. So that will affect wages. I mean, wage earners, uh, we have enough trouble working out what is core inflation, but wage earners are looking at the actual inflation rate. You know, that gets quoted in the press all the time or on on the TV or. Uh, what is your whatever your poison is for news? I guess it's all on the phone these days. So, so that that will be important. That's why one way of breaking that link. And of course, softer economy means that uh, businesses have less pricing power and probably will resist some of those wage rises or 
decide not to employ people if it's uh, if it's too expensive. Yeah, well, uh, non-farm payrolls aside, I mean, we are starting to see, you know, some softer data, aren't we? And the Fed must be worried, must be a concern for central banks. That You know, we know inflation is, is clearly very sticky, but yes. they'd also have to be worried about an overshoot, wouldn't they? That they take it Indeed. too far and they, you know, at some point they've actually got it because they've been at this for a while now. You've got to stop at some point and let the economy catch up and have time Indeed. to react. And, and there's different views out there about whether the US economy is really slowing. But we've seen that in the ISM reports. We've seen in the NFIB, small business optimism, which is at its low point for quite some period of time. Hasn't been in all the indicators. We know payrolls has been more resilient than that. But even in, in the labour market reports, you know, the unemployment rate was up by three-tenths. Household employment was down. Is that the correct reflection of the labour market, Phil. So at least the economy is not racing away. And I think, as you're alluding to there, there's a good case for the Fed to pause, mm. uh, take a deep breath and uh, see, you know, allow those lags to play through a little bit more. Well, signs of a global slowdown. Since we were last on, on Friday morning, uh, we've seen in- in- Italian industrial production for April fell 1.9% on the month, physically down, not growing slower, down 1.9%. Canada's employment numbers fell unexpectedly, 17.3 thousand fewer people in work, pushing the unemployment rate up to 5.2%. China's is, China's inflation rate, obviously not a big concern anyway, but it fell to 0.2% year on year, and actually 0.2% deflation for the uh, for the month of May. That'd be handy, wouldn't it, if that happened everywhere? Yesterday, uh, New Zealand's electric uh, retail card spending down 1.7% in the month of May. Japan's producer price index fell to minus 0.7% in May, which was a sharper fall than expected so i mean if you look at all of those i mean lots of signs that things are slowing down inflation starting mm. to ease mm. uh, i mean it things seem to be going in the right direction anyway i think, I think there are and the fact that the fed funds rates five to five and a quarter percent they've been increasing rates for 10 meetings in a row so um you know the lags are not instantaneous by any stretch as you say Given those mixed signals, there is a case to pause, even though one, two or maybe three FOMC members would prefer that they increase rates further at this meeting. They're not all voting members. Uh, one of them is, I mean, Fed Governor Wallow, is, I think his view is mixed on whether they should pause or not. So he could possibly be a dissenter. But... Um, yes, uh, the, the case is building, I think, to pause and review at this time. And they can come back easily in a month or two months' time if circumstances dictate so that. So what, what's happening with the Bank of England then? I mean, they don't meet till uh, next week, June the 22nd, isn't it? Next so, week. So Catherine Mann, uh, she's been out saying that inflation is still way too sticky. We've got quite a, quite a push-up mm. in uh, 10-year gilt yields today. But the pound has fallen quite a bit as well. I mean, I would have thought if, 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 we've, got a, we if we've got a hawkish... Bank of England, you'd be thinking uh, that the pound would be going the other way, wouldn't you? And yet here it is, it's going down a bit. But then on the other side, there's a bit of uncertainty in politics because Boris has uh, pulled out, hasn't he? And this, uh, along with a couple of others. So there's the uncertainty of three by-elections coming up. So there's a bit of, I guess, a bit of political instability as well. I'm not sure if that's enough to yeah, drive I'm not, I'm not sh- the pound down quite so much. <laughs> I'm not sure whether it was that or not. But there were those stories around about prominent biz- business leaders calling for greater leadership, you know, the post-Brexit era in, in, in uh, making Britain great again. So now whether that had an effect on the pound today, but as you said, it was certainly one of the weakest currencies on the day. Sometimes 
Right. We read a lot into these things, but whether fund managers have downgraded their views of the pound on, on, the, on the likes of those stories, mm. any time will tell. Well, we get uh, UK labour market data from the Office of National Statistics. So, I mean, talking about stickiness in the labour market, I mean, their unemployment rate is, mm. is at 3.9%. The number of people working has actually been rising every month since September. It so has. However much we talk about a slowdown in the UK, UK economy, people have still got jobs. In fact, more people have got <laughs> jobs. So uh, what can the Bank of England do to try and bring down inflation if you've got that tightness in the labour market, mm. if that still remains? Well, we did actually see last month, I know the labour market survey itself, the population survey did report that employment was continuing to rise but the the payroll count based on um, HMRC data last month showed a f- the first fall in, uh, in in measured employment based on tax records and we have seen vacancies <laughs> fall for several quarters now Phil so maybe mm. that's starting to show through a little bit more but you're quite right unless the tax evasion has been resilient hasn't it yeah, I mean, it could be yeah there's less people paying tax but they're still working, Pat. Who knows? I mean, also just to return to the gig economy, because there's a lot more people went back onto payrolls, didn't they? That big yes. shift. So the NAB business survey today. Uh, so how important are the? I mean, we don't know what's in it, of course. Uh, it's all secret scroll stuff until it's released. But I Indeed. mean, these. Uh, how important is that, given you know where the RBA is now when it comes to the next decision uh, and whether mm. they're going to go again in in July? What in mm. this report could dissuade them or encourage them either way? Well, I think we've seen in uh, reports this time that business is apprehensive confidence-wise. The confidence indicators have been below business conditions, that is business activity. And the business activity figures, Phil, I'm just refreshing myself on what the April figure was. That that was um, business conditions were, what, uh, 14 in the last survey. The long-run average there is plus six, so it's well above average. Quite a different uh, viewpoint from what we saw in the consumption figures in in the national accounts last week, where the consumer is under more pressure. And uh, just at a, a meeting today, you know, a conference today, a securitisation conference, and some of the issuers there were talking about the business side and how that seems to be holding up. And of course, we had that instant asset write-off for uh, uh, up to twenty thousand announced in the budget. So it'll be interesting to see whether that's reflected in capital expenditure expectations or confidence or business activity. It's probably a little bit early to be in the business activity figures but uh, and, and, the, and the likes of that. And, of course, we don't have uh, the impact of the uh, National Wage Case, the Fair Wage Work Commission, for another couple of months yet. But uh, we're watching the surveys ahead for that. But overall, what is the level of business activity? That's what I'll be paying most attention to, Phil. Right, and also obviously they they like to look at consumer sentiment as well. Although that's a there's a bit of a circular argument there, isn't there? So we get the Westpac Consumer Confidence Survey today, uh, but you know if interest rates go up, consumer confidence goes down. Stands to reason, doesn't that's, it? That's okay, been, that, that's that's been the the interesting thing is that consumer confidence gets hit, but what's been happening to house price expectations? They've been mm. going up. Yeah. So, um, and that's, and that's what we've actually seen on the ground as well. So. It's uh, interesting to say the least, but consumer sentiment has been very low and f- people feel under, rightly feel under pressure from cost of living issues. Right. And the NFIB, you mentioned the last one. We'll get the, the latest one from the US, the Small Business Survey. New one, loans for China, the Zoo 
Economics Sentiment Index for Germany and the Euro area as well. So there is uh, lots to chew over today in what is going to be a very short but busy week for us. Indeed, indeed. I think the CPI is the pick of that, the US CPI for sure. For sure. We'll see what that brings. Good to talk, Dave. Catch you again next time. Cheers, Phil. And actually, that is the last time you'll hear from Dave for a few weeks because he's off on holiday. For three weeks, who signed that off? Uh, He'll be back again on the morning call. Then, uh, in the meantime, uh, it's Taylor joining me tomorrow morning. So I'll be back for that. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you then.